This is Crafting the Short Story with your host, author and editor, Darren Todd of DarrenTodd.net. Now, let's explore the agony and the ecstasy, the magic and the mechanics of short fiction. Hello and welcome to episode 17. This week I'm going to be talking about when to change point of view. Lots of things can stall a story or be a reason that a story is generally not liked as well as some of your other works or or something that just isn't being picked up for publication and that editors don't seem to like. And having the wrong point of view for a story can certainly be one of those reasons. So I'm going to give a couple of examples. One story in first person, the other one in third person, both of which saw new life and have new hope now that I've decided to change point of view. Now the first story is an older one that I wrote probably 10 years ago maybe. It was third person and it felt right to write it in third person that long ago because it was among the first times that I was trying to capture this environment uh, that I'd worked in. And that was, the, the story is essentially of an airman working in the frozen missile fields of Montana in the Air Force. And at first it was just that. And is third person, everything left very much up to interpretation, asking a lot of the reader, uh, both in the degree to which I asked uh, to be indulged, and also for them to sort of pull out meaning about his environment. And it just wasn't working without something else, without some sort of punch. And this was largely with online peer review, was where I was hearing that, you know, this isn't my favorite, or uh, this doesn't do it for me at all, or you need, you know, some sort of huge climax, whatever. So instead of like a huge climax, I actually... Uh, almost doubled the length. Uh, well, I think I cut it back and then I doubled it. So, you know, maybe I added 30%, adding a magical element. So he has a magical encounter during a snowstorm. And I think the story does really well once that magical element is introduced. But it was the first half that was still suffering. And I kept hearing, cut, cut, cut. You've got, uh, your, your story doesn't even start until here. So I added foreshadowing, and, and I worked, uh, took out a thousand words from the first half, did all these things, and yet I kept hearing the same reviews. Now, this is not me being too sensitive to changing something just because someone said so. There was a consensus here, whether in uh, my weekly writers group and presenting it to them, um, some other people whose advice I trust that I shoot stories to via email, or from random strangers on a peer review site, everyone was pretty much of about the same attitude about the story. And it turns out, if I really thought about it, I thought, well, the setting I believed would carry this. It wasn't a typical setting, but it was also atypical in its quietude. That is, not much happened in this environment, even if it was, in my opinion, an interesting environment. But if you think about it without drama, I suppose the surface of Mars would be rather boring to most people. And the twist wasn't until about halfway through the story, and I thought there was plenty to move the story to that point. But it didn't, you know, that didn't seem to be the case. So why? Well, maybe it just had to do with point of view. 
I, I began to back up and really think about this and I said, well, maybe it's a bad choice for a third person limited, which is what I was using for this, because it needed emotion. It needed context and it needed reader buy-in. The setting and the events weren't carrying it, uh, at least not until halfway through. I needed the character, the main character, to be able to carry this. And that meant bringing in that emotion and bringing in the, the feels. When I changed it, didn't just mean turning all the he's into eyes. It meant rethinking the character and trying to discover what he wanted and how to build tension from there. So at first, he is someone who doesn't necessarily fit in very well. And in third person, this was reflected in several ways. Um, at first, it was re reflected in sort of with him almost being snarky and maybe a little bit of irony there in that he knew things that uh, the other characters did not, but that that wasn't really working. So as an exercise of making it first person, I began to bring in his own wants and desires and adding, upping the tempo for those, putting them, putting more at stake and filtering that through his own emotions and tension and desires. And so far, so good. It's got a long way to go. But I think that whatever comes out the other end will be very, very similar and probably identical in terms of the sequence of events and the setting. And yet it should work far better as first person because it just did rely so much on more than just this white out setting. And the second story is essentially the reverse. And this was one that I automatically wrote in first person. Admittedly, I had the ending in mind. I knew the scenario well. Um, it is, to a very small degree, autobiographical, at least in terms of the character interaction. So it was not going to be a, a, a stretch to just dive right in. So I dove in with first person thinking, sure, why not? Uh, let, let, let me just begin. I suppose that it's not necessarily as if first person is my default, but in this case, not necessarily being action driven, but instead it being about the change of character, it seems like it would be intuitive to do it in first person. So this is a story of a guy who tutors an ESL student and begins to envy him some facets of his life. They're both fathers, they're both approximately the same age, and yet the tutor begins to envy specific things about the student's life. And then because of this, he decides to start to sabotage the student's learning. Well, it was going along fine, probably 2,500 words or so. Uh, I imagine the entire thing will probably be about 10,000, something like that. But something kept snagging me. So the story as it stands now is incomplete. But I think it would have stayed that way if I didn't back up and really consider what the issues were. So in first person, what were the issues? Well, First off, the guy was seeing too much truth in himself. Here he was narrating, and yet he was being spot on with these great truths about himself in a way that someone who becomes envious and gets jealous and quickly becomes petty simply wouldn't put together. They, they're not capable of that sort of introspection and that sort of honesty he has an ugly heart, and yet he's able to quickly admit it. And that just doesn't seem believable. And then the same way with his plans. His plans are all on the surface. So when he begins to start this sabotage, 
unless you were going for unreliable narrator or something like that. Here he is narrating, so he, he's saying exactly the ways in which he is sabotaging. And maybe he doesn't even see it that way. Maybe it's very subtle, but it's hard to put forth that subtlety in first person. And then the result was that he garnered essentially no sympathy whatsoever. So the readers that I had check out that first quarter of the story didn't really care where it went from there because they despised the main character so much they wanted nothing to do with him. So I thought to myself, even when it was still back in first person, well, I need to have him start out being a decent person, and then he changes and becomes indecent and becomes petty and jealous and and then finding ways to sabotage this uh, trusting relationship between Tudor and 2D. And that's certainly one way I could have handled it, having him change fundamentally during the process. But another way, as I step back, is to do it third-person limited and to show how this process is happening for this guy. Maybe he doesn't even fundamentally change, but maybe he changes what he allows himself to do. And you could see that as a change to what his intentions are with the person he's tutoring. So maybe he stays the same, but as he grows more envious and more angry with the guy he is tutoring, the more he allows himself to act on these urges that he usually keeps at bay. So this story has a long way to go and longer to go than the other one in which I changed point of view. But the point is that now I know it can move forward. Even if that means a significant amount of rewrite on the 2,500 words I've done so far, if that means I'm going to finish the following six, seven, eight thousand words, then it's well worth considering whether or not point of view is holding you back and is going to allow you to complete a project that somehow just began to fizzle and you're not exactly sure why. Ideally, we would outline and have a good idea of where a story is going before we even put pen to paper and feel confident in that point of view. But as with so many things, I think that not necessarily having a wrong point of view, but having a point of view that may not work best with the way that the story is unfolding is one of those subtle things. I'm not so sure how often someone really gives a lot of thought to what point of view they're using. Maybe they just default to how they write every story. Or maybe it's they are automatically sticking with what they started when they began, you know, the first first two or three hundred words I wrote when I was simply brainstorming this idea were in first person, so now I have to make the subsequent 10,000 words the same point of view. You know, obviously that's not correct at all. Uh, you want to do whatever is best for the story, not loyal to what work you have so far, or even loyal to point of view that you're more comfortable writing, because if it doesn't work for the story, it's going to shine through in your finished product, as I certainly found with the older story, which uh, consequently has been rejected, uh, you know, probably a, a dozen times by now, I'd say, uh, through as many fundamental edits. So I hope that helps you out there in presenting yet another thing that might take a, a dead-ended story or a story that you're just not having any luck with, turning it on its head, and hopefully catalyzing the change that you need to get that story to a satisfactory endpoint. I won't say completed because they're never really completed. Well, that's all I have for this week. 
Hope you enjoyed it. Check back next week and happy writing. This has been Crafting the Short Story with Darren Todd. Visit Darren online at darrentodd.net.